to the Love in the Fight and Marriage podcast. Hey, guys. It's so great to have you back with us. We hope you've had an awesome week. I know we've had one. It's been awesome. It's been so good. I mean, we have our ups and downs, right, Don? But this last week has been spectacular. I mean, we celebrated Easter. Yes, got to see a lot of family and got to spend a lot of time in church. We love our church family. And I ate way too much food, yep. way too many desserts. I think there were like 15 of them on the table yesterday, but so fun celebrating Jesus who has risen from the grave. I know a highlight of this week was we started running again outside. I mean, we run a lot, but we were actually able to go outside oh, and run a couple that times. that was so nice, wasn't it? Yes. But our legs got sore, yeah, yeah. which is good. My it's thighs good. hurt, yes. Yeah. They definitely are in pain. Before we start, we just want to do a listener shout out to a country. And the country we want to talk about today is the Netherlands. We just want to say yes. thank you for listening. Wow, it's so great to have all of you listening in the Netherlands. Whoever you are, we just want you to know we hear you, we see you, we love you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you. Well, we are so excited for this episode. And I think the reason why is because of the topic. Yes. The title of this episode, episode 51, is eight things every couple must do to grow spiritually. And growing spiritually is like key to be able to have an amazing marriage. Now, you'll never have a perfect marriage, but to have a marriage that is that is strong, that weathers the, you know, all the storms of life, but also a, a marriage that is growing deeper in love for one another. So eight things every couple must do to grow spiritually. We're going to give you those and want you guys to be able to write those down and yes. think them through. But before we get into that, I just wanted to share a story. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had a friend who went to Texas on vacation with his family, and it was right when historical low temperatures, snow and ice They hit Texas all at once. It was all over the news. It was horrible. (laughs) When they arrived, uh, my friends who went there on vacation, the whole state of Texas was almost completely shut down in the middle of literally a natural disaster. Now, when they got there, almost nothing was open because of the bad weather and the electric power grid was literally unreliable due to everyone needing to run their furnaces and electric heaters nonstop. I mean, people were just trying to stay warm. Now, many, many people were without power for a very long period of time. My friend, as he was telling me this story, he said that they were actually lucky because the home that they ended up staying in had power the whole time and they were warm. There was only one day that they were without electricity and they huddled and they stayed together and they kept somehow kept warm. But the rest of the time they were very warm and they had lights and electricity. However, the houses that he said right across the street and the ones down the block, they didn't have any power like the whole time they were there. And so he felt terrible for those people. And it sounded like uh, our friends that they ended up having a good trip, but many other people weren't so lucky. In fact, all across Texas, those same homes just a few days earlier that were beautiful, warm, and filled with happy people, they quickly turned into frozen dungeons with water pipes bursting, homes flooding, and people shivering, just trying to stay warm and alive. It was horrible to it see was on the news. I felt bad. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the pictures of these homes with the pipes exploding and people were, I mean, they were desperate. It was very difficult. Now, my friend, historian, this event in Texas, it actually got me thinking more about houses and the need for electricity. I think about that often, Don. I'm so grateful for even things like hot water to be able to take a shower and having lights on 
at night. And as I thought about that and our need, you know, for electricity, I mean, we rely on it so much to power our heaters, our lights, our refrigerators, our stoves, our laptops, our cell phones, our TVs. And of course, we cannot forget we need it for our Wi-Fi. Why? Because we stream on our HD, you know, 4K TVs. But think about it. If the power suddenly goes out, most of us would freeze and we'd be cut yeah. off from civilization. I mean, all the communication would almost go down. I mean, you, you could use your cell phone for a little while, but you would have to recharge it and you wouldn't have that ability. So we'd be thrown off the grid and be struggling to survive. I know I'm so grateful for electricity. I know that's one thing that I actually thank God for. Every day, especially in the middle of winter in Minnesota when it's freezing cold and I can hear that heater kick on. I'm so grateful for the heat because it's, we would freeze. We would freeze to death. It'd be terrible. I mean, we have gas for the heater, but it's the fan, the electricity that powers the fan that gives us the heat. Well, guys, the reason why I wanted to point that out and talk about homes and the need for power and how much we as civilizations, we rely on that power is because that is the same picture in many marriages when it comes to faith. Faith in God is the power grid that keeps the marriage spiritually alive, warm and filled with much needed truth. God's light allows us to see the world the way it really is. When couples, though, get too busy with life, kids, and houses, and careers, they are suddenly cut off from the power grid that is available to them from God, the spiritual power grid. And Don, it's kind of like driving by houses and the lights are off, you know, when there's blackouts and people can't get them on. And really, it's a danger zone. We think of the lights being off spiritually for a married couple. That's a danger zone. And and I know you and I, Don, throughout our time in ministry and in life, we have seen it over and over again. Couples focus so much on building their home and their life that they forget that the very place they live, their marriage and family can quickly become dark and cold and filled with hopelessness without God's light and without his power at work in their lives. I love what you said. You know, you said that faith in God is the parger that keeps marriage spiritually alive, warm and filled with much needed truth. And that's exactly what it is. We need to have faith. It is our power grid. So what does it look like to keep the lights on in your marriage? Like, obviously, we're talking about electricity and how, you know, we need electricity to keep our lights on physically in our homes. But spiritually, what does this look like? How can you build a marriage, a family, and home where God is always welcome and present? What is required to make sure you and your family are not suddenly thrown into a cold spiritual dungeon where you are struggling to just barely stay alive? I know I wouldn't want to live in a house with all electricity. Oh man. But at the same time, I wouldn't want our marriage to be a marriage that didn't have God as you know right. number one in our marriage. We yeah. have to have faith. And it would be cold. It would be this cold emotional relational prison. Yes. Kind of. So again, what is required to make sure that, you know, this is not, our marriage isn't cold and we're not in a spiritual dungeon? Well, it all starts with this realization and it's found in Psalms 127 and it says this, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. Oh, isn't that amazing, Don? I I think that statement right there, we we just got to stop. I know there's more coming, but that statement right there is phenomenal. I mean, if God isn't a part of the marriage, if God isn't a part of building the home, the foundation, I mean, that's what this is talking about. This is talking about building your faith, your life in God. If he's not a part of it, then we're only building checks. Whatever we're building, it's not very impressive and it's not that great.
Hey friends, we'll get right back to the episode, but we just wanted to say if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, please consider sharing it on social media, leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe. We'd also love to hear from you, so feel free to leave a comment. And for more information about Travis or Don Rosinger, go to lovingthefight.com. I know a little bit further in that verse, it says, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? So we can't, we can't do this and you can't build a spiritual home for you, your marriage and your family without God. It's really easy to think, you know what, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids, buy a home, have a career and live happily ever after. But the problem with that concept is that the values required to do all those things will ultimately come from God in the Bible. Again, God created marriage. He created work. He created family. And he gives us the ability to have joy even when life gets tough. And that that's so important, that values piece. I think we all grow up with this idea of what a marriage and a family and a life supposed to look like. But it, without God, those values start to crumble. Yeah. The real values uh, that hold that that kind of a lifestyle up where people love each other and they'll die for each other and they want to stay committed in marriage, that literally does come from God. I'm glad you pointed that out, Don. So we just wanted to challenge you today, right now in this moment, are you going to let God build you a dream home and fill it with his power? Or are you going to build it yourself knowing that any life you build is a mere little shack filled with darkness? Remember what it says in Psalms 127, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. We were given the option between a shack and a mansion one day, Travis. Like we literally had two options, right? You and I yeah. were. Yeah. I'll never forget the day we were, uh, actually had reservations for a town that we go vacation in every single summer. And I, and it was a shack. It was yes. a horrible little place. <laughs> I, I remember the, the queen mattress was literally right up near the stove in oh, the kitchen. I'm the like, this oddest is layout ever. <laughs> terrible layout. We were going to be packed in there as a family. And uh, out of, you know, just a, a desperate move. I remember texting a friend and just asking him because I knew he had cabins in the area. I said, Hey, do you happen to have any cabins available that we could rent from you? And at the last moment, I think it was right be the week before we we're going to go. He texted me and he said, yes, you, you can use this cabin. Um, but you, you can't pay for it. You're going to have to use it. It's available. It's yours. And literally we ended up accepting his offer, his incredibly generous oh, offer. So generous. That we'll never forget. His name is Kevin. Phenomenal guy. And we ended up staying in this mansion on Lake Superior. <laughs> Huge cabin. A house. It was a full house. I think like, it slept like 20 people. Oh. And we got to cancel our reservations yeah. at this little shack, <laughs> you know, in this bed right next to the stove and the refrigerator. And, and so for you and I, Don, that's a very real picture. Like we had a choice. Yes. We could have stuck with the shack and paid for it and built it on our own, you know, experienced that on our own. Or we could take this, this, this friend's gift and stay in this gorgeous, beautiful mansion. And we did. And it made a huge, huge difference. So how do you build a home with God's spiritual power and presence? Letting him build your marriage. How can you as a married couple ensure that you are growing spiritually? Well, we just wanted today just give you several things that you can do, things that we have done in the past, eight actual things that will help you build a strong spiritual marriage. The first one is this. 
Refuse to be a couple who only goes to God when you are desperate. Like I know we all have those times where we are desperate and we cry out to God in desperation, but refuse to be a couple who, you know, that's the only time you go to God. We guys, we need to pray together every day. I know Travis, our marriage changed because we started praying together daily. This is just something we want to encourage you to do. If you haven't started yet, pray together daily. I know we have at least seen um, 10 significant life crises in our lifetime. At least 10. I mean, tons of, of, you know, things that, you know, we needed some help with medically and financially or work-related. It's easy to fall into the trap of running to God and being close to Him when things get tough. Because we've been there. We know that. But we definitely just have. completely refuse to only go to God in desperate times. So are you only going to God when, you know, things are desperate, when life is hard? Well, here's the right way to do it. Choose to let God lead you in your marriage relationship. Instead, choose to think about God and read the Bible and talk to him every day. Make sure that he's a part of every day. These aren't just things that sound good. They actually help make your life better. It yeah, helped us. Yeah. And and it's so tempting to just run to God when we need him, but to forget about him in the right. good times. But we want to refuse to do that, don't we, Don? So the second thing that will help you build a strong spiritual marriage is this. Drop your marriage anchor in the Bible. Knowing and understanding that the most pure form of truth on this earth is found in the Bible and in the words of Jesus and will keep your life as a couple from being tossed back and forth. In Proverbs 24, verse 3, it says, A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. You guys, the greatest source of truth and knowledge and wisdom comes solely from the Bible. Yeah, that's that's an important one. You really can't go much further than that. That's got to be the foundation. If you're going to grow a strong, spiritually strong marriage, you've got to make the Bible and, and dropping your anchor in it yep. a huge piece. The third thing out of those eight that we wanted to give you, the third one is as a couple, get relationally connected to a Jesus-loving church. This is we, so important. We can't stress yeah. this enough. I mean, this is a game changer. And some of you might be thinking right now, why do I need a church? Why is a church that important? Well, that's a great question. It's because it's a launching pad for faith. That's why Jesus created the church. That's why he established the church. But it's also a great place to learn, to grow, and to ultimately explode your faith into all God wants it to be. So how do you do that as a church or with the church, I should say? Well, you, you worship there weekly. Become a part of the faith community. And I know you and I joked yeah. on, we talk about refusing to be a, a creaster. Don't be a creaster. What is a creaster? Someone who only shows up at Christmas and Easter, a creaster. Don't do that. Right. Be somebody who goes every week, worship with people together there. Why? Because when you do that, you start to feel closer to them and it's encouraging. Also get to know other people who follow Jesus in a social setting and then let them get to know you. Do life with them. And a great way, you know, with, with the church and being a part of that Jesus loving church 
is serving at the church. That's one of the best ways that you can get to know people is when you serve like once a month or twice a month on a team with them. It's so helpful. Again, we're talking about eight things that help you grow a spiritually strong marriage, things you must do if you're going to have a spiritually strong marriage. The fourth one is this, be careful to properly manage the balance in your marriage between doing and being for God. Hmm. This is a good one. Yes, it because is. Because so often when we're doing things for God, we're serving others or, you know, we're trying to be spiritual and it's a it's an action kind of thing that we're carrying out, a good deed. So often we we think that it makes us close to God and in a way it does, but that's not the full right. key. It, it's got to be combined with really spending time with Jesus. Kind of like Mary and Martha in the Bible. Yeah. Mary was always at Jesus' feet and Martha was was always working. Yeah, that's a great example because Mary and Martha, I mean, it's interesting. We want to be both, right? Right. We want to be Mary at Jesus' feet. Jesus was like, hey, if you're going to err on any side, be at my feet. But um, but in reality, being both and having that in your marriage is a good thing. Yeah. And, and part of it is because you, you could be the family that just live streams everything on the couch. Like you never leave and all you do is just hang out there, but you're really spiritual. You know, like you pray, you read your Bible, but you never go help anybody or do anything. But in James, it says faith without works is dead. Yeah. So there's a little bit of both that has to be going on. So again, two versions, one couple who serves others, but really doesn't experience God uh, much. And then there's other couples who only experience God, but they don't serve others very much. So manage that tension, that balance. Hmm. It's so important. Do both. The next thing, the fifth thing, you know, how to grow spiritually as a couple to make sure that you have that strong faith is this. Define your relationship with God as an individual and your relationship with God as a couple. What you believe, what you value, and how you practice your faith as an individual is so important. Define your spiritual relationship as a couple. How will you worship as a couple? Where will you worship? And how often will you worship? My relationship with God is different than our relationship with God together. Like I need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I think how you connect with God, Don, is different than how I connect with God. I often sit in a a room alone and I pray or read my Bible and you so often will go on walks Yes, and you'll pray and while you're walking and talking and sometimes that's distracting to me, I can do it, but that's how you connect with God. Yep. In Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We need to define our relationship with God individually and as a couple. The sixth thing, you know, to grow that spiritual faith, to make sure that you're spiritually growing as a couple is write out your values as a couple and live by them. Values always come out of what we believe. Know what you believe. Our values come out of our faith in God, the Bible, and our relationship with him. Our values, you know, they're not given to us through Twitter, Instagram, you know, on Facebook or, you know, from the world. In 2020, definitely didn't give us our values. They come from the Bible and from discovering truth as we have placed our faith 
in God. So write out your values as a couple and live by them. Yeah. And again, we're talking about eight things every couple must do to grow spiritually. These are, these are non-negotiables. These are things that you've got to do. If you don't write down your values, if you don't know what your relationship is like between you and God, defining that peace and having that faith community, God, these are things that are so, so important. Yes. And number seven, we want to give it to you out of these eight. Number seven is make sure you're faith is informational, experiential, and practical. What are we talking about? Make sure your faith is informational. In other words, you gain knowledge about God, but make sure it's experiential, that you um, experience transformation, that you allow God to change your heart and your mind, and then let it be practical. In other words, that it's it's walking it out. It's real and relevant. It's relational. So many people just know about God or have information about God, but they don't ever really experience a relationship with him. They don't actually know God and he doesn't know them. And that's really important because the Bible says one day God's going to stand in heaven and he's going to let people in based on whether he knew them or not. And some people he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. And number eight, celebrate that faith is important because it makes sense out of death. Let me say that again. Celebrate that faith is important because it makes sense out of death. I have spent many much time with people on their deathbed or officiating funerals, and so often death feels senseless. So many times I've thought to myself, why did this person have to die? But when we understand that the end of human life on earth, which is death, is the beginning or a doorway to life with God in heaven, which is eternity, then that changes everything. Celebrating that and embracing it and understanding it, it changes how we live now and the way that we view death. That death is not a bad thing. Death is a doorway to heaven and we don't have to fear death. That's why Jesus overcame death. That's why he rose from the grave. He took away the sting of death. Let's do a quick recap of the eight things that you must do to build a strong spiritual marriage. The first one, refuse to be a couple who only goes to God when you are desperate. The second one, drop your marriage anchor in the Bible. God's word is truth. The third, as a couple, get relationally connected to a Jesus-loving church. Make sure you guys are going to church and that you're serving. Fourth, be careful to properly manage the balance in your marriage between doing and being with God. Again, Mary versus Martha. Fifth, define your relationship with God as an individual and your relationship with God as a couple. The sixth thing you must do is write out your values as a couple and live by them. The seventh thing, make sure your faith is informational, which is knowledge, experiential, which is transformational, and practical, which is, you know, walking it out, being relational. And lastly, the eighth thing, celebrate that faith is important because it makes sense out of death. I don't know, Travis, you know, when we talk about not having electricity, (laughs) I don't want to live in a house without electricity. Not me. It's not going to happen to me. I don't want to live there. But as much as I don't want to live in a house without electricity, I also don't want to be in a marriage without God's power and without God's presence. So agree with you. So if you want to have a healthy, vibrant marriage that is moving forward and making a difference, God has to be the yeah, architect. He's the builder. Yes, right? just like that verse said. He has to be the one building the house because we can't do it without him. We will just have a shack. It will fall apart. We need to plug into God every single 
birthday. We're a part of the process, but he is the one who has designed our marriage and he's the one that has the plan. And we say the word must because if you do do them, if you add them to your life, wow, you are going to see your marriage grow spiritually strong. Well, hey guys, we want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you guys, you can do it. You got this. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. If this podcast encouraged you, then be sure to share it with others that you care about through your Facebook page, Instagram, or other social media channels. Please hit the subscribe button if you have not subscribed. And please click like and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. For more conversations about marriage and what it takes to make sure that you are loving the fight, visit us at lovingthefight.com. See you next time.